So we've been uh, working through a series of talks about, uh, sermons about following Jesus. And we spent, if you remember, a little bit of time thinking about how we're called to follow Jesus. We spent a bit of time thinking uh, about how uh, we, our character is changed, uh, is conformed, uh, how we change our characters we're following Jesus. Um, at the moment, we're, we're spending a couple of talks about uh, charismata or the spirit, the way the spirit resides within us to empower and transform us. Uh, and if you remember a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, Nate spoke about how uh, we are each temples, mini temples of the Holy Spirit. And we watched that, that lovely little Bible project video about being a temple. So what, what I felt it would be helpful to spend some time uh, about is, okay, well, that's fine. Uh, you know, each of us is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That sounds very nice. But how do we actually experience the Holy Spirit? Um, how, how does that become manifest? How does it become real in our lives? Okay, so that's what I want to spend some time about. And I'm going to look, look at that in three ways. So three areas uh, where I am sort of experiencing the Holy Spirit in my own life, sometimes in minuscule ways, sometimes in brief moments where suddenly I really have that palpable sense of the Spirit. Um, but I just thought I'd explore those three areas. This is a way of getting into uh, this experience, experiencing the Holy Spirit idea. So three things I'm going to look at. Firstly, the Holy Spirit enables us to experience God's love and presence. Secondly, the Holy Spirit transforms us, transforms us to become more like Jesus, to become more holy. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit empowers us to love one another by giving us spiritual gifts uh, that help us in a myriad of beautiful and sometimes extraordinary ways to love others, which is today's passage. Okay, so we're just going to start with that first theme. Um, the Holy Spirit enables us to experience and feel God's love and presence. So Jonathan Edwards, who uh, was a, a 20th century uh, theologian and philosopher, um, uh, is insistent that the work of the Spirit is to be felt and experienced. It's not just an intellectual concept. It's something we feel. Yeah? And he asks, if God's work in human hearts can be placed in the same category as creation or resurrection, wouldn't it be a bit odd if we feel nothing when God acts on us? So there's a way into this. Um, uh, so I, I always like getting people talking in my sermons. So do you just want to turn to a neighbor um, and just have a quick chat about one question? Uh, could you talk with your neighbour about a moment when you have, when you have felt or experienced the Holy Spirit? Okay, beyond knowing about the Holy Spirit, to actually saying experienced the Holy Spirit. Uh, and if you don't feel you ever have, that's fine. Just explain that. Talk about that as well. Okay, so just for a moment, when have you experienced? Talk about a moment when you've experienced or felt the Holy Spirit. Okay, up you go. Hopefully that's got you hearing and sharing a few moments when you yourself have had an experience uh, or a sensing of the Holy Spirit. Paul, 
Uh, when, and in each of these three hours, we're just going to explore some of Paul's teaching and his own experience. So Paul writing to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 17, says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are indeed God's children. So here Paul is explaining that the Holy Spirit draws us into the same relationship that the Son has with the Father, so that we find ourselves using the same language that Jesus did. Abba, Father, that intimate Aramaic term. Daddy is what we typically think of in our own contemporary life. We become beloved children, heirs standing in the same place in relation to the Father as Jesus done. We experience the same Father's love as when we proclaim Daddy to our own, or Mummy to our own parents. The Spirit enables us to go beyond impersonal knowing about God to deep, emotive, tangible, experiential uh, sensing of God's presence and love, to this tender intimacy with God. Uh, the Holy Spirit, if you like, gives us the, the apparatus, uh, if you like, to receive this revelation of God's love and to have a direct personal knowledge of God. Without the Holy Spirit, in a sense, all we have is information about God. Yeah? So, so here's an analogy. Um, which worked in the nine o'clock service. We'll see if it works with you. So it's the difference between, and I'm afraid I, I often use my wife, Catherine, um, as my sort of object lesson. So, so this is a bit like in my relationship with Catherine. Um, I, I know about Catherine. I have a bit of paper here, a bit like the Bible or something. I've got it here, and it tells me everything about Catherine. It tells me her background. Uh, it tells me the story she's lived. It tells me a bit about when she was born. It tells me when she went to school. It might even tell me her Myers-Briggs personality profile. Uh, it tells me what kind of chocolate she likes, maybe, a chocolate ice cream she likes. Sorry, what kind of ice cream she likes. Uh, so I've got all this wonderful information about Catherine. Now imagine I went through life in relationship with Catherine, thinking this is all there is in my relationship with Catherine. Seems a bit odd, doesn't it? As opposed to the lived experience of knowing her intimately for 20 years. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. The Holy Spirit enables us to go beyond the paper and the words and the knowledge to the intimate relationship with the God who loves us unimaginably and inexhaustibly. Uh, you might remember a few uh, weeks ago I spoke about, or months probably, uh, I spoke about the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, and you might remember we showed this image um, uh, on the screens of the, the famous painting um, by Charlie Mackesy of the moment when the father has gone out to the son who has returned after his profligate life. And he's returned and the father has rushed out to him uh, and has hugged him and welcomed him in to this loving embrace. 
Uh, and I talk then about, you know, that's where God wants us to be, in that loving embrace. That is what the walk and follow, that's what it means to follow Jesus, is to be held in that place, yes? Well, there's another level uh, which Graham Tomlin, uh, in a book I was reading about this, sort of introduced to me. So Karl Barth, the theologian, suggested that this parable uh, of the prodigal son has another meaning, has a deeper meaning. Uh, so the son uh, uh, follows us out into our wayward existence in the world, into the far country, into our lost existence. And then we have the journey of the son uh, into the far country is echoed by... Th- uh, so our journey into this, uh, into this lost world is echoed by the journey of the son who follows us into the world, uh, who then uh, dies and, uh, and takes the shame on the cross and dies for us and then is raised to new life and then is brought back into the right hand of the father. And this might be when the father embraces the son when he comes home again, when he comes back to the, to the right hand of God. Now, if we let our imagination run away with this way of looking at Charlie Mackesy's painting, it depicts God the Father embracing God the Son in Jesus. The image captures that embrace when the Father catches up and brings to life again the Son who was dead and is risen again. As two persons in the Trinity here, there's the Father and then the Son. Where is the Spirit? Well, whilst there's no visible depiction of the Spirit, the way the image affects us, the observer, maybe hints at the role of the Spirit within it. The way we feel drawn in to the image, the way we identify with the way the Son is held by the Father and embraced by the Father unconditionally, a sign of the invisible place and tangible work of the Spirit. If you like, uh, so Graham Tomlin was suggesting that maybe the spirit is the invisible dimension to this painting and to this story. The invitation to become part of that embrace between the father and the son. And in this way, this image is mirroring the mission of God. The mission of God where the father sends the son. The son then returns to the father, and then the father and the son then send out the spirit into the world to draw us back in to the loving embrace of father and son. This is where we're meant to be, held, loved, experientially. So how might we, is there a habit? What could we do to to do more in this space? Well, how do we experience the Spirit in more tangible ways? Well, I think there's something for me about slowing down uh, to the speed of God's love, which is slow. Isn't that one of the biggest things we challenge, we wrestle with in our life, is the frenetic pace of early 21st century life in in London, even in East Molsey. Slow down. And that's why uh, there is this ancient practice uh, in the churches uh, of practices of Sabbath, Sabbath, where we open up space, we push back the pressure of the world to create the space to encounter, to rest and delight in God but also silence and solitude, again, where we're pushing back 
the boundaries to allow God's love to be sensed, that sixth sense, that quiet voice, to be tuned, to tune in, to allow our apparatus to tune in to God's love, pushing back through Sabbath, silence, and solitude. Okay, the second area uh, that I want to explore is that the Holy Spirit transforms each of us to become like Jesus. So, so yes, we experience God. Okay, that's so important. That it's a palpable, real experience of God's love in our lives. But also, the Holy Spirit works to make us holy, to help us to become like Jesus. In Galatians, Paul speaks about the fruits of the Spirit. I've still got my glasses. I'll take those off. And you just noticed that. So the Holy Spirit enables us to experience the love and presence of God, but we need something more. So Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are not gifts that are imparted suddenly like that. No. Like slowly ripening fruit, they grow over time. Where the Spirit imparts in us a desire, it's like a catalyst, changes our desires, rewires us to have new longings and new desires, and then that leads us, and and then inspires us to want to practice and lean into these things. And then over time, as we practice these things, like in a gym, we then become these things, and they transform us. So I think the Holy Spirit... It, you know, as I think of my life, it, the Holy Spirit has changed what I long for. It's changed, it, he's changed what I desire for. Uh, and he's also, he, he's also changed, he's, he's given me a distaste for some things I used to be mesmerized by. The Spirit sparks in us, kindles us this desire. Uh, and so there are all these practices, spiritual practices, that again, desire, that is designed to, to get us to lean in uh, to that desire, that new desire that God is imparting on us, to help us to become more like Jesus. And again, I've listed those uh, on the handout. So for me, I think at the moment, the thing I most long for, the longing that the Holy Spirit, I'm noticing the Holy Spirit has passed in me, is simply to notice God's presence within me and all around me. It's almost like that six, I, I, want, I just want to experience more of God. I have that longing just to encounter and experience more, God, more of God viscerally. And that's led me then into some practices, some things I'm trying to practice to do that. You know, I'm practicing, I have a little liturgy, a little, little, little prayer I say every morning. It's like a pre-made prayer. And then I have to think, I just say it. Uh, and it's, it's, there's a few things, but one of them is just is simply this. Help me, Father, Jesus, Spirit, help me to be present to you in thought and word and deed with all of my senses alive to you in each present moment. And I say that each day now just as a way of trying to rewire my mind to be tuning in uh, during the course of the day to God's present in each moment with all of my senses alive to his action on my life. But also silence and Sabbath 
trying to protect the Sabbath. I think my Sabbath, my Sunday, whatever it is, Sunday used to be, uh, used to be go to church and don't work. I mean, don't do work work, work week work. Uh, you know, streaming Netflix, uh, you know, doing anything else is fine. It's just, it, it's just to go to church and don't do work. As opposed to an intentional space where I push back culture. I push back any, I want to create space where it is only for God. Where everything I do, I'm tripping over God. And to adopt that mindset for, well, for most of the day, <laughs> at any rate. So that, that's the second area. The spirit uh, uh, catalyzes in us a new desires for holiness, to become like Jesus. The third way I've noticed the Holy Spirit is empowering me and empowering us to love one, is to love one another and build one another with these spiritual gifts. This takes us to the passage that Mary read in this myriad of beautiful and unexpected and sometimes unusual ways, these spiritual gifts. The clear, unambiguous teaching of the New Testament is that God gifts, gifts spiritual gifts to every one of us, to the church for the common good, to build one another up in love and to empower our mission to take the word to evangelize the world. The most familiar lists of these gifts are in Romans 12 and the passage that Mary read for us. In today's passage, we read uh, about maybe some of the more supernatural gifts of the Spirit, the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, I don't have time to go through those today. Um, and hopefully, uh, later in this year, we'll get a chance maybe to explore them a little bit more. Um, but, but I just want to focus on why. So why should we desire these spiritual gifts? Because if you're anything like me, I kind of think, well, they're all a bit weird. They're a bit strange. They're a bit alien. Uh, you know, I kind of like, I quite like normal. <laughs> um, but Jesus isn't normal, is he? Living the, in the life, following Jesus is not normal. We should expect the unexpected, surely. So first, why should we desire these spiritual gifts? Uh, that the Holy Spirit is gifting us. Well, firstly, because the Bible commands us to. Paul leaves us no wiggle room here. In 1 Corinthians 14, so just a couple of um, chapters on, he says, he, he writes, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. He says, and this is in the same sentence where he's commanding us to pursue love. So he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy both loving one another and desiring gifts, these spiritual gifts, are commands in the same sentence for every one of us. Not just you know, the ones who seem to have got it already, for all of us. Handling these spiritual gifts is a, a little like handling dynamite. Uh, so dynamis is the Greek word for power, which is often used with the Holy Spirit together. Um, so when used rightly, these spiritual gifts uh, enable explosive loving. And at the same time, though, it can be tempting not to use these messy, dangerous, unpredictable gifts at all. 
the early Christians, yeah, if, if it's any encouragement to me, uh, maybe to you, the early Christians also felt this way uh, after maybe some damaging experience. And indeed, that's why Paul was writing this particular passage. That's why Paul had to say things like, do not forbid speaking in tongues. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Following the way of Jesus is not safe. It's not normal. Why else should we, um, why else should we long for these spiritual gifts? Well, because they're given to help us love one another. Remember St. Mary's, our vision here, to love God, to love one another, and to serve the world. And indeed, I think we're going to be spending quite a lot of time on the loving one another, think Mary, in the autumn. Uh, you know, how do we do and make beautiful loving of one another just even more the norm than it already is in our community? Well, the Holy Spirit gives us these spiritual gifts to help us love one another. You know, verse 7 that's what, he's, that's what Paul says. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. This is to empower our explosive loving of one another. Um, it's also worth remembering that if we neglect any spirit, particular spiritual gift, we are neglecting some aspect of love in our community some kind of edification will not happen. So what can we do here in closing? What can we do here to lean in to these spiritual gifts a little bit more? How do we receive these gifts uh, that empower our love? How do we go beyond uh, our feelings of discomfort uh, with them? Well, earnestly desire. Paul says earnestly desire them. How, how do we desire something? Well, you know, in many ways, our desire, our longing to do this is what will fuel our quest for these things, surely. Just being told to do them is not enough. So how do we fuel that desire? How do we feed the desire? How do we notice our desire? How do we give space for that desire to grow? Well, what do you do if you really want something? Uh, I don't wait around for someone to deliver it nicely packaged from Amazon Fully assembled from Ikea, well, not from Ikea, but at least uh, there's a bit of assembly required there. Uh, but what do, what do we do? We don't just wait for it. We do. We step out. We do something. We lean into it. So maybe begin with the Bible. That's why I've just shared in here some of the passages where these spiritual gifts are listed, in Romans particularly and in Corinthians. Read them. Lean into them. See if one of them just pops out. Uh, that just one is, is, intrigues you. And what do you do then when you sense one is beginning, your one's maybe illuminated a little bit more for you? What do you then do? Well, go and ask of people. Go and ask others who may be a little bit further down the road with that particular spiritual gift. I mean, Catherine's just, again, apologies, Catherine, for picking on you again, but Catherine's, for, for the last year, has spent, you know, has been, well, the last couple of years, has been, has been wrestling with prophecy, which, by the way, is the one that Paul said is, is you know, the one you really should be going for in that passage I mentioned earlier. You earnestly desire the gifts, especially prophecy. But for Catherine, it's been a, just a, a nudging, a prompting. Uh, and so she's lent into it. She's been doing a sort of program uh, over the last couple of years. She, last week, she was at a conference just on prophecy to learn more about it. Uh, and I don't think, I think if I, if I got her up here, she wouldn't say it's easy, it's comfortable. It's actually often very uncomfortable. Um, but 
she's got that sense that she needs to learn more about it. And I think one of the reasons, do go and ask her afterwards about it, but I think one of the things that really she loves about it, the reason that the Lord's pushing her this way, is because it's a way of blessing other people. It's an amazing way. I mean, just imagine the number of, the few times she has just shared something with me that says, I think God, I think I heard this from God. Let me now speak it into your life. It is so encouraging. I mean, not only are the words in themselves encouraging, but to have God speaking truth into my life is so edifying. It's so encouraging. So connect with others who, who have experience with these gifts. And then read and watch and listen. There's so much material out there to lean into these things. Ask God. Ask, seek, and knock. Matthew chapter 7. And the door will be opened. And practice these things. So let me, let me close in prayer. And then I'm going to hand back to Mary. Um, so let's just pray for a moment. Come, Holy Spirit. Help that to be our prayer today and every day. Come, Holy Spirit, we want more of you uh, animating our lives. We want more, uh, more experience of you to help us connect and know and feel and, uh, and just sense, God, your love for every one of us that goes way beyond knowledge, that is experienced. Help us, Holy Spirit, to grow in holiness and become more like Jesus. Uh, plant in us and reform and change our desires. Rewire us so that we long for new things. And that things of this world are longing for money and wealth and status and comfort and safety would recede. Transform our longings, Holy Spirit. Help us to become more holy. And help us, Holy Spirit, to eagerly desire these spiritual gifts that you bless us with so that we might build one another up in Christ, in love. In the name of Jesus. Amen.